to the Vichara Podcast. My name is Hansa Devi, and I am your host. For the first episode, we had the pleasure of bringing Kim Moriyama onto the show. She is a Sedona Method of Letting Go facilitator, among various things that we will dive into and talk about. She is a dear one in my life, and I really found it precious to have her on early because she has the capacity and the brilliance to really share the depth of the ancient, timeless yogic teachings, but in a way that's extremely approachable, extremely applicable. She ties it all together and pulls out these golden nuggets from the Advaita Vedanta lineage, or non-dual school of thought, and she brings it into this new form, this new lingo, this new way of seeing it that's just absolutely brilliant. And when we talk about energies in motion, also known as emotions, we look at them from all different angles and why we may be holding on to them when we actually feel stuck or it's not nurturing us to hold on to something anymore. It's a really refreshing conversation. It's fairly long, so I would invite you to make yourself a yummy cup of tea, snuggle up, or maybe even go out for a walk and spend some time in nature while you're listening to this. I'd like to invite you to spend a moment with Kim and myself and to really sit with, feel, and taste, and and hear the concepts that we're trying to bring forth and see how it resonates when you're holding these concepts. We started our time together with a silent moment in honor of the depth of the teachings held within silence. And the moment we started recording, Kim asked if she could offer a prayer. And of course, I didn't say no to that. It's very special that this first ever episode starts with that. It was recorded on the new moon in April, April 22nd. And we wanted to harness that energy as well. Listening back on this episode, I realize I have a lot of work to do when it comes to audio editing and also to keep my mouth shut during an interview. (laughs) To be honest with you, I was agreeing so much with Kim that I heard myself just sitting there, not just nodding my head, but vocalizing my agreement. So I'm sorry if you hear a lot of me throughout this as well. Um, I'll try to work on that. Part of why it feels so special to have Kim on as we're setting the groundwork and laying that foundation for this podcast, it's really an opportunity to learn how to let go in order to move forward with ease, grace, lightness, curiosity, and instead welcome what life is bringing our way. And with that said, we want to dive straight into this conversation with Kim, so please follow along. Would you be okay if I do a little prayer as Absolutely. our start? Yeah. Okay. Safety is here. Mutuality is here. Strength for our shared endeavor is here. May truth brightly shine and harmony as our life together as the one light of absolute reality is here. Om. 
Frauen. Peace. 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 Thank you. Mm. You're welcome. That's, Thank you. That's how every every moment should start. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for making the time, um, being willing to be on on air with me. I want to welcome the listeners to this episode, and we have the pleasure of being with Kim Moriyama. Well, thank you, Hansa, and it's great to be here with you, too, and I have always enjoyed the conversations we've had, and I'm very excited to see what comes out of today's co-creation. Likewise, sister, for Hmm. sure, and to just um, give the listeners a little broader picture of who we have here today, Kim Riyama is a certified co-active coach. I don't even know what that means. We'll get into that. (laughs) And... (laughs) Sedona method of letting go facilitator. And that's kind of how we cross paths. We will go deeper into that as well. But Kim here works a lot with individuals and with business leaders and business owners to open themselves up to more of their own inner truth so that they can be better leaders, better people and relate um, in the world in a new, different, more expansive way, I guess. Maybe you have a different way of saying this. So feel free to... Um, expand on that if you like. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you bet. Well, my my passion is supporting people in discovering the truth of what they are. And in what I found the most easeful and graceful way to do that is to let go of what you're not. Because what we are at our core is what we are at our core. And any sort of limitation or holdbacks we have in life are literally that, holding, things that we're holding on to. And the good news about that is, is that when we let go of what we're not, then that which we truly are can shine through. And I've always been attracted to working with people in business and business leaders. And... I believe the reason for that is, is because they hold a space, they hold a space and can have so much impact on the world around them. And, and I truly believe that the way forward uh, in the world right now is for us to really embrace a consciousness or a mindset of, of harmony. And it takes great courage to perhaps see things in a different way, to perhaps really step up to leading from a perspective that embraces the circle of humanity that's within all of us and that we're all interconnected with. And the co-active certification that I received is was one of my ways to get to be more savvy or understand business and coaching in the business realm. But the CO stands for a way of being and a way of relating. It it really represents our 
beingness and how we show up in the world from an emotional standpoint, from an energetic standpoint. And then the active refers to doing. Mm-hmm. And so, so that training that I went through was was really a way of looking at how to be and do in the world from a place of authenticity and from a place of harmony, from a place of harmony with what, with what is. So there's my passion. I feel very grateful right now. Um, the world and many of us are, <laughs> have been given an invitation to actually really wake up to the truth of what we really are. And so it's actually a very exciting time. And I feel very grateful that I get to work with leaders, business leaders, business owners, who are also seeing this time as an invitation to Mm -hmm. really put out into the world what's in their hearts and how they want to serve from a place of courage, from a place of acceptance, from a place of supporting harmony, from a place of inner peace. And it's, it's, a, it's a real blessing. I feel very, very fortunate, actually. And I wanna chime in there and say that we, the recipients of, of your work and your service are really the ones that are super blessed because you obviously have a lot of wisdom to shed on these topics. And just to rewind a little bit to give our listeners um, the, the story of how we met. And that was at a workshop that you led at the Ridgeway Yoga Shala here in town and it was on the topic of letting go and I had heard a lot about you I never met you in person yet and it was a small group of eight or nine people and here you come and put up your shrine and it's all of the beings that I bow to daily and your presence was just amazing from the minute I saw you I was like I want to work with this lady somehow we need to spend more time (laughs) and um, I feel like we've had a really strong connection since then and the workshop itself was also very impressive in the sense that it was tying all of the Advaita Vedanta teachings into a, a format that was really approachable I saw everyone in the group having these aha moments, which a normal Advaita Vedanta class doesn't provide that instantaneously. It's when you study that for a long time. And you instantly provided those big lessons, but in a packaging that people could really take it to heart right away. And that was so profound that I wanted to know more. Mm. And that's why we have you on today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, oh, well, I'm, I'm deeply touched and thank you so much. I, I do want to say that I am only a mirror, Hansa. (laughs) And so all those beautiful words you say, I, I just really want to acknowledge that it's really just a mirror. And I too am really touched and feel expanded by your presence as well and that event that you're referring to i really felt your presence your support in not only getting that to even come into fruition but during the session itself how you supported the space for everybody to open up to literally that which they are those teachings that you hold dear and And I want to say that I, you, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. We are also blessed to receive those teachers 
Indeed. You know, being open to those teachers that have been pointing, pointing, pointing the way, the saints and the sages. Yep. So let me share with you a little bit more about the Sedona method. Please. It, yeah, it came into my life when my life was falling apart. <laughs> You know how sometimes these things are, you know, the founder of the Sedona method had his wake up call with a second coronary. And I suppose I was having a wake up call as pretty much every aspect of my life was falling apart. And I do feel very blessed that one healing practitioner pointed me in this direction. And as soon as I was exposed to the method, the Sedona method, I knew with absolute certainty that this was a tool that was going to help me. And I, I guess it's, we're going on nine years now, just cool. gave, gave myself to it. And it has been a part of my life every day for the last nine years. And, and I, hmm. Yes, I've just given myself to it and have given myself to being a vessel to share it with other people. Mm. So in a nutshell, the Sedona method of letting go, it is an exquisitely simple process that is based on the premise that we are all already whole and complete just as we are. And the founder of the Sedona Method, he said that the Eastern teachers that are most similar to the Sedona Method are Nizagarata Maharaj and uh, Ramana Maharshi. And so these are the non-dual teachers, which are pointing us to the to realize that we already are everything that we've been seeking. <laughs> we already are whole and complete. And my teacher, Hale Dwaskin, who wrote a book called The Sedona Method and has um, developed numerous programs and has helped and supported and pointed thousands of people around the world. One of the things that he says is that he adds a little bhakti twist. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, I guess I'll back up and say that the method, there's two aspects of the method and letting go. So one is letting go of what we're not. And so we're going to like Nizagradatta, I, I might not get the quote exactly right, but it, it's something along the lines of when I realize I am nothing, that is wisdom. Right? So it's letting go of what we're not. And so the Sedona method has tools to support us in doing that. And then Nizagradatta goes on to say, when I realize I am everything, then that is love. Okay. And so <laughs> the Sedona method also has a very big component about love and actually tapping into the love that is at our core. Right, and Nizagrata goes on to say, and my life is an interplay between those two, or so mm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And so the Sedona method is a combination of letting go of what we're not, letting go of thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, right, that get in the way from us actually experiencing or recognizing that which is at our core. Mm. And that which is at our core is love. Not like the lovey-dovey, romantic kind of love, but love as unconditional acceptance. Love as that light of consciousness. Love as beingness. And, you know, these are all just 
pointer words, right? And everything we're talking about in this whole conversation and that which will unfold is just pointer words to a truth that actually can't really be spoken about, but there's a, there's almost like a felt sense. Mm. At least that's how I experience it. There's like, there's a felt sense of something that's most, I guess, for lack of a better word, understood in silence. Mm -hmm. Yet familiar because everyone, it's, it's at our core. So it's undeniably feeling at home or there's a draw to it. Yes. I love that. A feeling at home, yeah. <laughs> a feeling of being home, already home. Yeah. Um, and that silence, that pure presence of awareness that just is. Mm. Mm. But our listeners, you know, if we were just silent, it <laughs> <laughs> would really work for a podcast. So, so we're going to use a bunch of words that are, that are pointing in a direction. And, yeah. and I do want to say that, and I, I appreciate how Hale, my mentor, always says that. Do not believe a word I say. Any words that come out of this mouth cannot actually be the mm. truth. They're not the truth. But they're pointing, and they're designed, and, you know, as best we can, we use these pointing words and phrases for people to check, to see what's actually true for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very experiential Mm -hmm. journey Mm -hmm. to discover what is true for yourself. It sounds so ideal to live in this world where we are aligned with that which we are at our core, not clouded by these emotions or memories or associations or any of the conditioning really. And then we find ourselves right now in quarantine, and a lot of people have been feeling this emotional upheaval, which is a huge spectrum that we will talk about, and that's why we brought you on today, because you have some amazing tools. And looking at the ideal picture and then being in the turmoil of those emotions, that can be a huge leap for some people. And I would love if we can kind of swerve into that now and talk about the emotions that are seemingly real, and they keep coming and they yes. have patterns and the more they come the more we take them to be normal or even you know something that is tangible and real and how do we now shift our perspective to flow more into the state of being more at ease more at peace more expanded and more open and receptive really um do you mind if we dive into that and also talk about a little bit about the exact emotions that you've sensed from people during this time that seems so overwhelming? Oh, absolutely. It seems really appropriate to go there. So Lester Levinson, the founder of the Sedona Method, he had said, and I'm relaying this via hail, that there would be a time where there would be a great going up. And Hale has shared that he feels like this is the opportunity. This is a time of the great going up. And that this is a very unique time on the planet because the planet as a whole, there is no country in the world that isn't being affected by this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that every country in the world, and therefore everyone, is experiencing some sort of disruption. And that disruption is on so many levels, including those patterns that many of us use to keep uncomfortable emotions at bay. 
life. Mm, a lot of totally. us no longer have those coping mechanisms that helped keep us quote unquote sane, right? Mm -hmm. Help keep us in a state of comfort. And so the, at least what I've seen, the range of emotions that this disruption has caused range everywhere from being in complete apathy, a feeling of hopelessness, a feeling of mm -hmm. why does it even matter? Like, I don't matter. <laughs> or, mm -hmm. um, yes, yeah, just helpless and hopeless to deep feelings of grief. And there are people that are not only just grieving the loss of those familiar activities, but really grieving the loss of loved ones, right? Yeah. Who have been passing and they weren't even able to see them. Or, yeah. you know, people that haven't passed, like for instance, I mean, my parents are 80. You know, we've had a conversation about whether I should go to where they are, but we talked about that possibility that we may never see each other alive again in person. And wow. that actually brings up grief, right? Mm. But, of course. But, but our family felt like it was important to have that conversation. Mm. And, and actually, as a result of that, having the courage, so there's another emotion, having the courage to have this difficult conversation and experience grief, there's actually the feelings of acceptance and peace. So, wow. right, instead of suppressing the mm -hmm. uncomfortable emotions, right, there, there's actually there an invitation to some inner freedom, right? Yeah. But on the really uncomfortable ends, not only the hopelessness, but feeling like a victim of something we can't even see, <laughs> right totally. or people making decisions that we've never met that we have to abide by what they're saying mm -hmm. there's that inner push pull so there's a lot of inner tension of shooting but not wanting to shooting and resisting there's a lot of mm -hmm. resistance and there's a lot of fear there's a lot of fear of what could be possible and mm -hmm. I've noticed people's minds are throwing up like the worst case scenarios <laughs> of what might mm -hmm. be, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're picturing things from stories that have been in the news. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of fear. There's also a lot of wanting, right? A lot of wanting things to be different. Yep. Right? Non-acceptance in a sense. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of that. And even before that, that's, that's a really common human experience of, mm -hmm. of the wanting, right? And some people might be feeling very angry. Yeah. And for some people, anger can be a really scary emotion. So it may be being felt, but it may be suppressed and actually turned inwards. Yeah. So anger expresses itself in a lot of interesting ways that could be self-sabotaging or mm -hmm. harmful to oneself or come out sideways in ways that create hurt, perhaps, or more inner disturbance in not only oneself, but the people around them. It becomes a vicious circle. Absolutely. Because really. then Absolutely. you just create more in isolation and further distancing even with the ones that you're potentially close with if you're in mm -hmm. the same household or whatever it's it's almost pushing away not to feel more hurt exactly exactly and all the in the sedona method of letting go we have this model that you know we have 
thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of thoughts every day. It's hard. I mean, we couldn't even keep track of them, but they all kind of, you know, if we thought about a bush or a tree, right? And all the leaves were all the many, many thoughts. And then we have these branches that start coming down into the trunk of the tree, right? Mm -hmm. And these branches would be all the different feelings that we have. And, you know, at the same time, while there's all these feelings that create an inner disturbance, a, a contraction, there are also feelings that are expansive, like the courage, like there is, I do also see, and because of the work I do, I'm, I do get to experience a lot of courageousness, a lot mm -hmm. of acceptance, and a lot of peace, where people get into action in that state. So when we, like the method has this very lovely way of organizing emotions and some emotions like apathy, grief, and fear, they are comprised of the lower vibrational energies that we could categorize as inertial, which means that which is the way it is stays the way it is because there's so much inertia. And when you mm -hmm. think about it, when we're stuck in apathy, grief, and fear, Things don't really change, and we can tend to really loop in, in that. Okay? Then at a higher level of energy would be all that wanting, like really wanting and anger and maybe even the feelings of pride, you know, about feeling really judgmental, um, about really feeling like having strong feelings about what's right and what's wrong, you know, that can all get categorized in that. And that energy is very chaotic, even though it's a higher level of energy, it spins. And, and so a lot of people I know are spinning right now, or they have all this energy, they don't know what to do with it. And they're spinning in that mm -hmm. chaos realm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the energies of courageousness, acceptance, and peace, those are in the harmony realm. And so what the method is, is supporting us in doing, right, the invitation when life throws us something that, that uh, maybe drives us into seeing or experiencing those inertial emotions of apathy, grief, oh. and fear, and all the synonyms that go with that, or life drives us into, um, drives up, I should say, brings up the chaotic emotions like all that wanting, the anger, and that kind of the pride-ish kinds of feelings, we, we can recognize that we actually aren't those feelings because they're not here all the time. And because mm -hmm. they're not here all the time, we could actually let them go. And that's the invitation for us to do an internal house cleaning. So I suppose with, with us being like, <laughs> and, or, you know, try, uh, being mandated to stay at home, I think many people are probably cleaning out their physical house. <laughs> well, we yep. can clean out our energetic house. And so mm -hmm. let's, let's do something that everybody listening can participate with to just give an example of how that can be done. So let's grab an object. I'm going to grab a pen. And, um, Me too. Okay, great. So all, everybody listening, if please join in with us because this is such a wonderful experiential way to physically feel how the how-to of letting go. So for the sake of this teaching analogy, our hand is going to represent our unlimited nature, right? that which is, has many options, 
um, that which is free. Okay, the pen is going to represent some sort of limiting thought, feeling, or belief. And what happens, like with what's going on in the world, a situation may happen what seems to be external to us. And it brings up thoughts and feelings into our awareness. And so the pen goes in the hand. So we're holding the pen now. And then particularly if it's something that we don't like, especially when it brings up strong feelings, our fingers grasp around that pen. Okay? So now the hand is gripping the pen. Okay, so if everybody can think of something they don't like and let the pen represent that and go ahead and grip the pen to the degree that you don't like whatever that thing is to the degree that you're resisting it okay and this is what we all do and then the mind right the mind says well why is that pen in the hand how do i get rid of this pen i don't like that the pen is there how do I change it? How long is it going to be there? What does it mean? What's that pen going to look like in a year? Can I swap that pen out for a pencil? Like, you know, <laughs> and if you're like many of us, the grip on the pen only just gets tighter with all of those thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. when, we're, when we're contracted around the thought or the feeling, we're stuck, right? And and so those inertial feelings, we're stuck here. And so we don't even consider any other option except gripping, but we don't have many options, right? We can punch with our hand, we can use our knuckles, we can stab, but we, but we don't have the freedom that an open hand would have, right? Mm -hmm. But let's check, is the pen actually attached to the hand? Well, no, obviously not but it feels that way and with the method we're never denying that it feels that way we're never denying that there's thoughts or feelings here we're in complete acceptance of the reality so the moment you recognize that the hand is not the pen but the hand is holding the pen you're actually seeing things as they are and when you accept mm -hmm. things as they are you have options right so now that we've discerned that the hand is not the pen right the next um, the simplest step in the method is is called deciding to drop it that's the name of this tool okay so could you just is it possible for the hand to let go of the pen and then hopefully the answer, yes, okay, good. I'm glad you're answering, okay. And then would you, Hansa, we'll work with you. Hansa, would you let go of the pen? Yes, please. Okay, and when would you do that? It's probably as soon as there's confidence, but yes, I would yeah. drop it. Yeah, okay, good. And so now can you feel the energy in your hand? Mm -hmm. So when we let go, right? When we let go, there becomes energy, not only to our physical body, but to our mm -hmm. energetic body. Mm -hmm. Things can return to a sense of naturalness, right? And I see you moving your hand. So now the hand has options. We can actually mm -hmm. use all of those digits. It's actually the hand is open to give and receive. The hand mm -hmm. is available to be fully alive in life. Mm -hmm. But it was great that you hesitated for a moment because that is what we all do. 
even though yeah i want to go into that for sure yeah, because <laughs> even though the pen is uncomfortable to grip right mm -hmm. it starts to become really familiar exactly you were telling me to put a negative thought into it or something that's you know coming up to me as a pattern and that made me hold on to it if i would have seen it as a pen in my hand i would have released it right away because <laughs> there's that association right and it's something yes. that feels familiar so mm -hmm. it's just a projection it's just a projection right and so that's why the discernment of of am i that pen is the hand the pen or is the hand holding the pen right? Am I that feeling or am I that which is holding on to the feeling, right? Is yeah. such a powerful first question because once we discern that we are that which is holding on to the feeling, it becomes so much easier to let go, right? Now, how do you let the mind though? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. There's the glitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, glitch. no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no problem. So go ahead. Let's pick up the pen. Pick up the pen one more time because here's something that can happen. So, so we ask ourselves, okay, I'm aware that I'm that feeling. Okay. And then could you let it go? And the instant spontaneous response is no. <laughs> but and that's so, the mind though. And I recognize that yeah. being the mind. How do you get the mind accustomed to it? Okay, so what we do is just say, okay, well, could you give permission to hold on? Could you allow yourself to have permission to hold on? And so I'll ask you that. Could you give yourself? No. <laughs> so you're pretty quick at letting go. But you know what? It's, it's really true. I've had people who have been really like suffering with something and they're like, well, well, no, I don't want to let that go. And I'm like, okay, well, could you give yourself full permission to hold on? See, because when you, when you actually give yourself full permission to hold on, that is actually total acceptance. And then like I'll, when I work with people, I'll say, well, could you actually even enjoy holding on, right? Mm -hmm. Or could you hold on even tighter and tighter and tighter? And then, they're like, and then they'll be like, I don't want to hold on anymore. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, now, now would you like to let go? And usually it's yes. Yes, because and there's that sense of relief right there. Absolutely. And part of the where we get caught is that we're actually resisting our holding on. So once we let go of resisting holding on, the whole thing just naturally unravels on its own. That's beautiful. Do so you mind speaking to that? The resistance part? I find that very interesting. Yes, resist, resistance, resistance is the glue that keeps things stuck. Resistance is a feeling of like trying to move forward with the brakes on, right? Exactly. So, right, it's a resistance is that inner push-pull. Like, I don't mm -hmm. like this, but I like this. And on some conscious, you know, I don't think anybody consciously thinks they want to hold on to yucky feelings, right? But no. But there is something unconsciously gripping or holding, right? So there's that inner push-pull, and so that's resisting. Resistance is also wanting to change something. Any wanting to figure something out. Any wanting to understand something. And at first when my teacher said this, I didn't understand this. I was like, what? 
but uh, now I can, I can understand this and, and have experienced that. When we're wanting to understand why something happens, when we're wanting to know what to do so it doesn't happen again, we're actually planning for it to happen again. That's why we want to know. <laughs> I know that's really weird, but the, mind, <laughs> but the mind creates in pictures. And let me, let me give yeah. you a, a really easy example that makes that really easy to understand. Let's say you don't like pink elephants. So right now, try not to think of a pink elephant and start to plan for how you're going to keep pink elephants out of your life. Maybe, okay, now, and just even think about why are elephants pink? Okay, so what are you thinking about? Of course, only that. Right. So that's, only pink elephants. Right, right. And so when we resist, that's the mechanism of how the mind works. That's, that's why resistance only keeps things stuck to us because we, we have to hold on to something in order mm -hmm. to resist it. So mm -hmm. that would be like, I don't like the pen. Why is the pen in my hand? How do I get rid mm -hmm. of the pen? Well, I have to hold on to the pen. So the resistance to the pen is what's keeping the pen in my hand. <laughs> mm -hmm. So when we actually, and this is, I'm going to jump to love. So when we unconditionally, when we give ourselves permission to hold on to the pen, okay, so when we give permission to hold on to the pen, all of a sudden it's like the resistance starts to dissolve, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And when totally. we actually enjoy it, when we actually enjoy something, we let go. There's an internal letting go. So there's another phrase that we use in the method called welcoming. And synonyms for welcoming are noticing, allowing, observing, Okay. And so if we took our hands and like put them as if you were holding an energy ball in front of your heart or your solar plexus or any place in the body where you feel contracted and you just slowly separate your hands and let them widen, that's what welcoming looks like from a somatic gesture perspective. So we inwardly just open now, using the analogy of the pen, if I have the pen in my hand, right, so I've got my pen in my hand, and I put my hands in front of my heart solar plexus area, and I just inwardly expand, well, the pen just drops out of the hand. Mm -hmm. So welcoming and letting go are actually the same Thing. They lead to the, the same result. But for some people, the idea of just inwardly opening with mm -hmm. acceptance to what is feels more comfortable, familiar, attractive. And some people like the physical act of letting go of something. And depending mm -hmm. on the circumstance, you know, one might work better than the other. So with the method and all the tools, we welcome what or use whatever tool works. Mm -hmm. And you can actually, and, and for years now, what I've done as best I can is I just go through life <laughs> welcoming, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And yes, there will be some uncomfortable things that come up, but when you hold the perspective that it's coming up out of our subconscious to be released, 
mm. right? The more open I am, the more it can release out <laughs> mm -hmm. and come up and, and out and nothing sticks. Mm -hmm. And to relate it back to the feelings that people are feeling right now, I, I've sensed a lot of people with this extreme isolation or the extreme fear of the uncertainty and wanting to control things and so they're holding their pen if we need now take that analogy really really hard but if there was that underlying acceptance of what is there is a humbling and a softening and almost a surrendering to greater powers whatever you want to call that yes. source spirit or i am and it's almost like that grip dissolves and how do people that are sitting at home with these huge deep emotions that are like in the midst of it how do they get to where we were just talking about letting go sure. of that pen sure um, do absolutely. you mind getting some cues there cool. absolutely the first question to ask is well how is hanging on to fear working for you yeah like do you like it I mean, are you, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, is it, yeah. I mean, I'm not to be silly, but I mean, we sometimes, our minds don't think to ask that question. Like, well, how yeah. is it working? Do I like living yeah. like this? Is this really serving me and those around me? Because when we actually check, right, the emotions of grief, fear, wanting anger, right, those are actually anti-survival. The mind tells us we need to hold on, but when we actually check, it's actually anti-survival. That's a really important point because people yes. hold on thinking that that is survival mechanism. That's right. That keep, exactly. You know, that's because a I'm, big piece. That is a huge piece. We, the mind tells us we need to hang on to the fear, the anger, mm -hmm. and all the wanting right? Mm -hmm. Or else we're not going to be safe. But when you actually check, those things are, are anti-survival because, I mean, I don't have a study directly to quote you, but we could easily find plenty of studies that show that stress is not good for our health, <laughs> right? So, yeah. so if you are doing things that keep the stress levels high, then that is that is unhealthy. That's actually not helping. <laughs> okay. So that yeah. would be the first question is like, well, how is it working for you? And are mm -hmm. you open to feeling better? Mm. Right. Could you, could you be open to that possibility of feeling mm -hmm. better? Right. And right there, Ashley, can you feel the softening? I just felt this softening absolutely. in the space. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then it's like, you almost got to go through that emotion of the fear. It's almost like you have to step through the fire into the uncertainty to really get to that softening. Yeah. Well, what I'm going to say is that at our core, right? So everybody listening to this, go ahead and just stop. <laughs> just stop. And be what you are and notice what is. So any one of those three phrases can break up that pattern, the chaotic pattern of the mind. Mm -hmm. And when we dive into the core of what we are, courageousness, acceptance, and peace, 
is always present. Courage is just below the surface of any feeling. Feelings or emotions are just energy in motion. They come and they go the way clouds move on the sky. They come and they go the way ocean waves appear to rise up out of the ocean and return back down in. Mm -hmm. Feelings and emotions are like the pictures and sounds and the stories that we see on the movie screen. But what we are at our core is the movie screen and the light that allows for all the images, all the sensations and feelings that we experience of, as emotions to be present. Mm. And so we can, I mean, the whole reason why we as human beings like to go to movies is we like to get caught up in the drama of it. <laughs> okay. Right. And right now, many people may feel like they're caught up in the drama of this life and they can't get out of the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Right. right? Um, mm -hmm. And the thing to recognize is, is that the feelings are that they are feelings which are appearing on the field of awareness. And something that can help us remember that is, well, what happens to those feelings when you go to sleep at night? Exactly. They are not with us all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? And if one really checks, and that's what the method only works when we check, right? What mm -hmm. happened to all the feelings you experienced yesterday? What happened to the thoughts that you experienced even an hour ago? right they're coming and going and because they're coming and going we can recognize that we're we're not them that there is something greater than that and it it's really i think at this point it's it's very important for us to tap into courage mm. because who's in charge your feelings that are coming and going or you, the real you, mm. right? And so whenever we ask these questions, you know, are you that feeling or are you that which is aware? We, we're asking the real you, the you that's at your core, right? Mm -hmm. And the could you let it go, would you let it go and when? That is important to ask the, the you, the real you <laughs> for mm -hmm. again we're using these pointer words don't ask the yeah. feeling the feeling's going to tell you to hold on right? <laughs> of course <laughs> the feeling is kind of like a virus it wants to survive mm -hmm. so it will always tell you to hold on to it so it's mm -hmm. really important that we discern like who's in charge and this may seem a little outrageous and like a bit of a stretch uh, but I'm going to say it anyways, that the, the whole, all of our feelings and all of the problems that we have, they really trip us up because we think they're personal. Mm -hmm. When the feeling hooks on to that sense of me, this is my feeling, so don't you dare take it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yep. This is my feeling. I have this feeling. 
right? That's when all the resistance and all the stuckness happens. So one of the reasons why I think so many of us love being around babies is they don't have that sense of me, mine, yet. Mm -hmm. It takes a couple years before they before that concept of I am an individual that's separate from everything. And so I have to now protect my stuff, my toys, make my way in the world, my, 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 right? It mm -hmm. becomes personal right down to my feelings, my suffering. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and when I say that, I'm not diminishing that there are challenges that our body minds have to face. I'm not diminishing that there are responsibilities that the body mind has to take care of. But when we can um, move beyond the, the heavier, denser energies and open up to the energy of harmony, to nature's intelligence, when we can align ourselves as creatures of nature, right, then we can really support ourselves in a more um, effortless way because mm -hmm. mother earth you know it, when all the if and when all the humans disappear the earth is going to continue right it continued after the dinosaurs all disappeared and numerous things so there is an intelligence in nature and that phrase might really work for some people there is a period of time where i really resonated with that what can i do to align myself with nature's intelligence, mm. right? Asking ourselves the right question. What can I do that is pro-survival? What can I do to support harmony in my household? What can I do that will nourish my body and my mind? Where is the solution that I haven't noticed yet? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, what is the opportunity in this situation? Mm -hmm. How can uh, I be of service? How can I support health? And maybe just even hearing these, you can already feel the energy shifting. Totally. I think a lot of people sit with judgment as well, noticing that they're stuck in an emotion and having the knowledge, so to speak, of how to move above an emotion, but then being stuck in the, um, it's almost like that survival thing kicks in. Okay, so remember in the beginning, I, I talked about uh, that love is another part of the Sedona method. Mm -hmm. So when we're welcoming, right, when we're inwardly opening, right, from from my understanding, so I'll just speak for myself, my understanding is that we're actually opening up to the love that is at our core. Love knows nothing about judgment. Mm -hmm. Love has no judgment. Love is mm -hmm. unconditionally accepting. And it just is. And I use the word beingness, love, awareness, like all interchangeably. And everything that we experience comes up and out of the love or the light or awareness, right? It, it comes from this source. And because mm -hmm. any non-love feeling actually arose from love, I love how mm -hmm. Hale, he says, 
any non-love feeling is just love in disguise. Okay. Exactly. So, so in this moment, right? Anybody list, everybody listening, you can picture any non-love feeling that you would like to feel freer about. And then just for now, as best as you can, could you see through the disguise of mm -hmm. that feeling and welcome the love that's in the background into the foreground? I really love that. I resonate with that because I find a lot of people are stuck in the mind mode and judgment subconsciously comes in. And the moment that judgment comes in, we don't see the divinity of the emotions that we are being served. And in my yes. mind, they're almost blessings. They're pointers just as much and they're no less yes. divine. Um, and they, you know, they help us progress on the path. Um, yes. Rumi has a beautiful poem about that, the guest house. Let me grab it because it's speaking to this, this truth. Yes, point, Pointing to the truth. Okay. So I think we're to the really juicy part of when Lester was talking about that there would be an opportunity for the great go up and an invitation to wake up. I think this, we're getting right to the heart of what that pointing is all about, is that we're being given an opportunity to see beyond the feelings and thoughts and actually discover what's underneath them. And because the suffering and the discomfort is so high, we're motivated like mm -hmm. to change our situation. It's kind of like if you had your hand on a warm stove, we could like leave it there for a long time. But as soon as the stove gets really hot, like eventually we'll go, I don't like being burned anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and we're, you know, we're, we have a, a great motivation to see what is beyond, right? That was my wake-up call when my life unraveled. That was Lester Levinson's second coronary. Mm -hmm. And so many of us, this is, this is a, a wake-up call to see what is beyond those feelings and thoughts mm -hmm. and embrace the courage and acceptance to discover um, what it's like to actually truly align with something greater than ourselves to truly align with nature's intelligence to allow ourselves to be carried and supported in ways that we haven't before mm -hmm. and there's this great teaching story about an angel who takes somebody who recently died they first go to hell and there's this beautiful banquet with just the most delicious food and all these people around, but they are all miserable because they all have spoons that are way too long. <laughs> so nobody can eat any of this food. So then the angel takes um, this being up to heaven and it's the exact same scene, but everybody's happy. And they're using their spoons that are too long for themselves to feed each other. Oh, beautiful. I love that. And so that is part of the pointing of letting go of I, me, my mm -hmm. into we, our, there is one life. There is one love. Mm -hmm. There is one. And we are that. Jai Ma. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and so on the on the way, <laughs> these feelings and thoughts that arise when we identify with them as separate individuals, mm. um, this is our invitation to to welcome them. As I'll read this poem because it's it's beautiful. Okay, so this is Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and attend them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. <laughs> Welcome difficulty. Learn the alchemy true human beings know. The moment you accept what troubles you've been given, the door opens. Welcome difficulty as a familiar comrade. Joke with torment brought by the friend. Sorrows are the rags of old clothes and jackets that serve to cover and then are taken off. That undressing and that beautiful naked body underneath is the sweetness that comes after grief. Oh, thank you for sharing that. We're so easy, we're so quick to put people in boxes, put ourselves in boxes mm. and masquerade in these emotions, the feelings and the thoughts, and we take them on as ours. But to yes. really see beyond and see God in everyone we meet, even in the emotions that we meet and that they are pointers to that which is beyond. Yes, that's right. We have it backwards. We think the peace and the happiness comes and goes. Yeah. But actually, it's the disturbing feelings that come and go. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's look at nature's intelligence again. Does the sun come and go or do the clouds come and go? That yeah. which is ever luminous, self-shining, that mm -hmm. is still at the center. That's constant. It's the clouds that come and go. And we all as human beings have clouds of emotions that come and go. Yeah. So when we shift our perspective, it empowers us to actually act with act um, more appropriately with what is. So if mm -hmm. like if my hand was representing what is as it is, we feelings and beliefs, both positive and negative, when we layer them on top, it prevents us from actually seeing what is. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the contracted feelings we talked about earlier, when we actually see beyond the grief, beyond the fear, beyond the judgment, beyond all of that, then we're actually able to be more pro-survival and, and address what is as it is. Mm -hmm. We can just be and we're open to giving and receiving as well and it doesn't mean we're less active in the world oh not at all you know who i think was a master releaser was mahatma <laughs> gandhi <laughs> yeah i agree mahatma gandhi 
and with his gentle, I love that quote where he says, you can very gently shake the world. Mm-hmm. And he was one that welcomed what is and just allowed himself to be in action in a most profound way that changed the lives of millions of people that supported freedom that supported the Mm -hmm. natural evolution Mm -hmm. in his country so there's to me he's an example of a a master releaser somebody that i really really open up to paramahansa yogananda is another another amazing pointer you know who Mm -hmm. was active and then, you know, I also, though, too, I mean, I just look at a picture of Ramana Maharshi and just the teachings in that presence of awareness, mm-hmm. right, no, no are, doubt. So, are so profound. So Lester Levinson, uh, the founder of the Sedona Method, he said, love, love, love. <laughs> love 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 allow yourself to be love in action so what i'm finding and what my clients are finding is that when they let go of what they're not when they let go of those clouds of emotions when they let go of trying to understand them or judge them and literally just either let them go or allow the energy to be transformed into love because that's Mm -hmm. another thing we can do right and like the whole practice of qigong in in my mind is about energy transformation and can Mm -hmm. transform any blockage into a flow of love right energy can totally be transformed so when we allow ourselves to stop be what we are and notice what is, then we align ourselves with harmony and love. And whether or not we take action, we have aligned ourselves with the solution. That really has profoundly touched me and motivated Mm -hmm. me to keep letting Mm -hmm. letting go and again for everybody listening you know don't believe me this is something that it's really important to discover for yourself but you know i mean if you're really happy with the way your life is right now well great you know but if you're Mm -hmm. feeling contracted and there's a disturbance and you're wishing things would be different you know embracing the possibility of letting go right? And trying that out, just doing the best you can to let go and, and open to what's beyond what's mm-hmm. what has up until a fraction of a second ago been held, or opening to love and allowing any non-love feeling to be dissolved into a feeling of love or noticing what is working and giving your infinite power and grace over to where the flow is to giving your energy to what is working to give your energy to be love in action for the world that you want to live in Mm -hmm. and see what happens (laughs) see if you like that better (laughs) (laughs) because we can discover we can discover that not only 
we can create in the world, but we can discover that what we are is untouchable by whatever is happening. And in mm -hmm. fact, we can bring harmony. We can bring kindness. We can bring caring, comfort. We can bring peace and happiness to any situation. And when we bring that, things do tend to shift. <laughs> Mm -hmm. totally once you shift that attention you obviously see this to be the truth because the rest is just makeup but we tend to reinvest in it so it feels real yes we tend to pick up our pens we do yeah exactly. we do in fact i just had a client recently that was her big takeaway she goes i notice how much i just want to pick up all my old beliefs i notice how much i just want to grab all my self-sabotaging thoughts again Mm -hmm. And so we love that. And then it just mm -hmm. becomes laughable. It becomes mm -hmm. like the guest in the guest house that yeah. suddenly it's like, I mean, this is really an invitation to take our power back. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I thought of what something my mentor said, um, you know, Lester Levinson said, love, 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 and you'll be so happy. <laughs> and when people would tell him, I love you, he would say, well, good for you. And he didn't mean it in a bad way, but he meant it because loving is good for you. And yeah. that's one of the things I tell my clients, if they're feeling like really kind of righteous about something and they're not going to let go of something <laughs> that somebody did because it was wrong, I'm like, well, how's that working for you? Right? And mm -hmm. they just start talking about how contracted they feel, they're losing sleep over it and this and that and all of their lost nights of sleep haven't done a thing to get the apology they wanted or to have things change right mm -hmm. so letting go or loving oneself and having compassion for oneself is good for you so you know i i talk about that with people you know love mm -hmm. because it's good for you love does not mean condoning wrongdoing and in fact, oftentimes what happens is when we're resisting something or when we're locked into fear or a feeling of being judgmental, we are actually more vulnerable and we're getting walked on more. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's when we're resisting is that we, we aren't taking the appropriate actions to get out of the situation, <laughs> Because we're resisting, right? Again, we're locked into gripping and holding. We don't see the solutions. We're just funneling all of our energy into holding our ground, right? Instead of flowing with life. Um, so that's another, another big threshold to love because it's good for you. And you can still say no very firmly from from love you can still offer alternative solutions you can still make requests and say you know this isn't really feeling mutual how about we could we look at it from another perspective or can we explore other options right so when we love there are infinite possibilities at any moment that we could go in 
-hmm. When we're shut down, right, we're stuck. We can only see one way. Oftentimes that's black or white, and we're going to be in yeah. opposition to whatever's opposite. <laughs> so, you know, Lester Levin said, life is gray. And when we're released, when we're open, when we actually are aligning with harmony, we can see the solutions that are already embedded in the apparent problem. Mm -hmm. Now that is a big paradigm shift to mm -hmm. have. That was a big one for me to realize yeah. that any apparent problem already has multiple solutions that arise with it. That is the whole yin-yang symbol. <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. You don't see a yin-yang symbol with just one side. You always <laughs> see it together, which means any problem that people are facing, right, if we're open to it, and I realize this might be a stretch, but just hear it, let it land in your heart the best you can. Any apparent problem has multiple solutions that are arising with it. And when we let go, when we're willing to love, we can, we can start to see options that we couldn't before. Mm -hmm. And this is where I want to thank you for being the facilitator in this type of work, because you're obviously helping people see beyond this veil that we all have of of clouding or conditioning and you're allowing for that sacred and safe space for people to explore this because this is just as much a leap into uncertainty like it is to hold on to the fear and that type of uncertainty so you have to almost befriend it in a sense and and, yes. and get a peek for what's on the other side to want to go there even yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> and and that's it's it's great that you brought that up because it's one of the things, uh, a big mindset shift that I experienced was that, well, you know, uncertainty, when things are really uncomfortable, uncertainty is actually really great because the certainty of fear, I actually know what that's like, and it's not very yeah. comfortable. And mm -hmm. I know the certainty of grief. Mm -hmm. and, and somewhere along the lines, just like, you know, I think there might be more to life than this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so uncertainty means unlimited possibilities exactly totally full of potential mm -hmm. and when but that's hard to swallow <laughs> right and that is and again this is and okay so i'm gonna like kind of again maybe go into something that is a bit of a stretch but it is something that I've experienced in my own direct experience of having been through many trials and tribulations in this lifetime in all fronts, relationships, legal, all kind health. I mean, I've, I've been through a lot of trial and tribulations. So I definitely took my teacher's advice. I didn't believe a word. He said I had to go through things myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I speak this with um, some life history. And, and, and having been through a lot of feelings and been through a lot of stuckness. And, um, but what we can uncover is that as we open up to the truth of what we really are, we start to discover that, that 
we actually have been taken care of all along. And I think even in our darkest moments, there is an awareness of a part of us that is okay, that, that actually has gotten us through to this point in our life. Mm -hmm. And when we give more attention to that, something really opens up and mm -hmm. support and synchronicities Mm, surprises or our own clear reason and intuitive knowingness as to what the next most responsible or appropriate step that becomes more available to us and so mm -hmm. as we let go of being an individual separate from the all mm -hmm. we actually open ourselves to receive the support and the abundance that is just waiting to to guide us on our journey whatever our individual journey is is meant for our best and highest good right it can look mm -hmm. different for it is different for different people um there's a there's a christian teaching story about you know the person who's walking in the sand and he sees two footprints and you know thinks of his own footprints looks behind him and sees god's footprints and then he goes through a really horrible horrible time in life and he's looking behind and there's only one set of footprints and he's very angry at god and why did you abandon me right and god says well i didn't abandon you those one set of footsteps was me carrying you mm when people are stuck in these emotions maybe that's the simplest thing to do is to shift the focus to i have been supported thus far because maybe yes. that is relatable and then there is this trust that's nurtured in a sense that can bring about courage and and maybe a little bit you know you hold the attention a little longer and go a little deeper in your discernment and yes maybe that's a, another opening yes lester levinson talked about that and and Hale describes his mom as the foxhole releaser. She only let go when things, when she was totally backed up against the wall, <laughs> right? And couldn't struggle anymore. Just mm -hmm. had to let go. And then things righted them. Things, things righted themselves because, you know, things are going to go the way they're going to go. I mean, if there's any doubt of that, I mean, can we really control the way things go? In life I mean if we're if we're really honest with ourselves it might seem like there are times when it when it was but there's plenty of times where where things don't go the way that we want them to go mm -hmm. so that piece of letting go and welcoming that part of us that has always been okay mm -hmm. and is okay now mm -hmm. Right. And allowing ourselves to receive the guidance and support of nature's intelligence is yeah. is really profound. And and for me, love, 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 love is is a is a pointer, a wonderful pointer word for me. And in fact, mm -hmm. here's a nice little example if like if everyone could just get in touch with the feeling of love. Maybe you need to think about somebody you love or an animal you love or a place you've been to that generates this warm feeling, like a sunset or being on the summit of a mountain, just something where you can feel that sense of peace, that allow the memory 
to generate that feeling. Okay. Now, if we all notice that feeling is self-generated, which means it has always been in you. Mm -hmm. And we can generate that. And so like if you take a little medicine dropper bottle and you put that love, I'll just use love or peace into the bottle. And then you could just take one drop and you can put it on yourself. <laughs> you could put it on the feeling mm -hmm. that you're wanting to change. Because in my experience, and again, don't believe me, but just take it for checking. What, I, what I'm discovering is that nothing, and I mean nothing, can stand in the light of love. Let that one marinate. It's so true, because that's all there is. But it's for the mind to understand that, to grasp that, it's almost... Like we got to say it as a mantra for it to, you know, trickle oh, in or seep, seep in. You know, actually, I'm glad you said that because it actually, um, this is the guidance my teacher gave and I have embraced it and it really works for me because I don't worry about the mind. <laughs> I, I've, I've let go of trying to convince my mind to go a particular way. <laughs> and so what I've found is that loving the mind when it starts um, creating inner disturbance, I just, mm -hmm. I, you know, maybe I take that medicine dropper and I just put a little love onto the mind. Because the mind isn't the enemy. It's, it's only doing what it knows how to do. Mm -hmm. And that which we are, right? I mean, we could check. I mean, does love, does love have any judgment for the mind? Absolutely not. It treats us as a little child or yeah. should, could, yeah. I should say. It could, it's yeah. The possibility, yeah. Yeah. But like, like when you check, like how does love or beingness, how does it perceive the mind? Immature, maybe. Uh -huh. I don't know if I can put words on it, but it's, it, you know, the mind can play any tantrum it wants. Mm -hmm. But it, the love can hold space for all of that, though. Right, exactly. And even actually the way we're having this conversation, I'm really intrigued by it. Because the way we're talking about the mind just confirms mm -hmm. that we are not the mind. But we are that which is aware of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And <laughs> I feel like this whole process is that, though. Yes. Yes, it's that simple. It's, it's so simple <laughs> is when we notice so yes yes but, but noticing that and that's why it's it's a great practice right we can mm -hmm. do it all day long really but when we notice that we are not the mind mm -hmm. but we are that which is aware of the mind mm -hmm. we can take our power back mm -hmm. and in just being the love that we are you know, one of the things that can be discovered is that the mind just naturally subsides back to its source. And mm -hmm. that the mind can be kindly suspended mm -hmm. in that which it appears on. Mm -hmm. And, and we can feel at ease there, you know? Yes, that's right. It's not about 
calm, changing the mind, but it's, it's really, I, I've, I found it much more enjoyable, <laughs> you know, rather than trying to control the mind, right? Mm-hmm. Because we all know how that works. The more you try to control the mind, the more unruly it becomes, right? Mm-hmm. But really allowing for peace with the mind and noticing the peace that's always present no matter what the mind is doing mm-hmm. and noticing and welcoming that which actually is the source of the mind noticing that which the mind and thoughts appear in or on mm-hmm. and that which the mind subsides back to and this might really be a stretch but just check to see like do you like if you have a thought right now like if you check to see is that thought actually attached to anything or anyone or is it just sounds floating in awareness mm-hmm. and most of us don't check most of us we just make an assumption those are my thoughts <laughs> mm-hmm. and because they're my thoughts i need to do something with her about it But what one can discover is if you really stop and check, I have yet to find anyone who has found their thoughts actually attached to anything. And because they're not attached to anything and they're not you, we can be free with sounds the way we can be free with any background noise that might be happening right now. And I know that may seem like a stretch, but it's something to explore if one is so called to, you know. Do you feel the same about emotions like you do with the thoughts? Like the thoughts are passing by on the, you know, on the open sky like clouds and and we can see that they're not attached to anything and they're not ours to keep, so to speak. Do you feel like you can live with that inner freedom and let the emotions be there in full expression? Oh, as best I can, I do. As best I can. I I mean, there are still some things where I notice, oh, I'm really taking that personal. But things that maybe used to take me like two years, I mean, literally (laughs) to work through, now it passes through so much more quickly, right? And Mm -hmm. there there is, um, from the perspective that I'm embracing or what I've, where I feel like the perspective I'm seeing now is that there's nothing wrong with emotions. It's only Mm -hmm. our identification with the emotion. That's the only place where there's trouble. I mean, if you ever watch any videos of Nisargadatta Maharaj, like super emotional. And when I read Autobiography of a Yogi, oh my goodness, Yogananda, I was surprised. He was really emotional. I think I used to have this belief that, um, you know, as you progressed on the journey, you wouldn't have any emotions. Mm -hmm. So it was a big aha for me to to, um, embrace that Mm -hmm. it's not the emotion. The the emotion doesn't mean anything. It's just our identification with it is where Mm -hmm. we get stuck and where Mm -hmm. the suffering is because... Sometimes it's really appropriate to use anger, right? It's like sometimes it's really appropriate to say, stop that. No, mm-hmm. right? That is not okay. 
you know, whatever. It's very appropriate. Or sometimes it is very appropriate to allow grief and sadness when, when there's been a circumstance where those emotions would be very natural. But it's, it's where we get caught is when we identify with it and we start cycling through mm-hmm. and letting those tapes replay over and over again when it's actually not appropriate in the moment. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, because if we really check, I mean, some of the things that perhaps some of our listeners are feeling fearful about is that actually the thought may be happening now and the feeling may be experienced now, but is the trigger, is there really a trigger for that to be here now? Or are we just re-traumatizing ourselves because of a pattern? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm glad we got to touch on this because I feel it being another really important little nugget because the emotions, even though the saints and the sages that we're now talking about express similar emotions, it doesn't make the emo the emotions are not less divine. And it's not about the emotions really. It's how we relate to them. Yes. Like you're saying, and we keep replaying the tape because it's familiar, mm-hmm. but now we have the option. Once we, once we see this with awareness, it's actually a choice. Yes. And that's when we choose to call Kim (laughs) to get further guidance. (laughs) Or we choose, yes, we choose to use any of the tools in our toolkit that work because there's many wonderful tools on the planet, right? There's many, many wonderful tools on the planet. And and I am grateful to be in a role um, where I support people as a coach and as a mindset coach. And so I guess that's a nice segue into sharing a little bit yeah, about what I, there. Yeah, yeah. what I, what I do do. So, uh, <clears throat> so my, my passion, uh, right now is that, uh, that of a mindset coach. And so I support people in discovering for themselves what is at their core and so that they can live as that which they truly are with effortless authenticity so that they can live in harmony no matter what situations they're facing and to let go of what they're not, right? So that they can tap into their natural um, inner resources to tap into their own inner knowing to liberate that which is in themselves so as we touched upon earlier i primarily work with business owners and leaders but during this time my practice is open to anyone who feels resonance to work with me i do have programs Um, there's one that is a month-long program called emotional freedom so that is all uh, to have support in doing what we've done today, what we've been talking about today, is in letting go of what you're not and welcoming that which you are. And in that, in that four-week program, I have clients pick an area of their life that they would like to feel lighter and freer about. And there are some... Um, online materials that they work with 
on their own. And then we meet uh, once a week for that four week period of time. And what I've noticed is that in one month, somebody can have a significant transformation and shift when they choose to do this work, when they're ready, when they want freedom more than they want to suffer, Mm-hmm. the inner disturbances and the inner transformation can all be be shifted actually very swiftly, very easily. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's a common thing I get. People are like, wait a minute, it can't be that easy, can it? I'm like, well, yes, it can be <laughs> if you're open to it. And then I have other programs, six-month programs. Um, there's one that I do that's Goals Through Serenity. And that is to support people in achieving their aspirations from the harmony energy. So the Sedona method is very powerful in helping one um, realize, self-actualize what it is they want in the world, at, while at the same time serving as a bridge to non-duality. Because there is a slight trap uh, in having goals, achieving in, in achieving goals, if we think that the source of our happiness is outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. so this goals through serenity is designed to support people. One in that prayer, right? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So to have the courage to change your life, to allow your life to be transformed in the energy of acceptance, in the energy of harmony, using tools, um, is just, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing when we realize it's possible to have a life of fulfillment mm-hmm. and create it from harmony energy instead of pushing, shoving, striving, burning out. Mm-hmm right? That it is possible. So that is a six month program that also has some online curriculum and weekly meetings. Mm-hmm. And then my, my big love and passion is that I, I, I'm blessed to work with leaders for a whole year where we look at energy and energy wisdom, not only of that letting go of the energy that they're not, that we've been talking about, but tapping into their own clear reason and intuitive knowingness, learning how to see the opportunity in difficult and challenging relationships and to look at the energetics of what's going on from this perspective, to shift yourself from the inside so that you can flow like water around the apparent boulders (laughs) in the river. Um, I also love working with the chakra energies from the psychological standpoint and looking at how when those are imbalanced, we can actually open up to emotional energies and release the energies that are stuck or blocking um, the energy from flowing smoothly and welcome where the harmony energy actually is in each of our major energy centers and support how the body-mind shows up in the world as harmony inside out. So that's a little bit about how I work. I do do customized programs for people as well. And, and you have a new offering too, a free 
weekly oh, phone yes. call or is it? Yes, that's right. I am offering a free monthly group support call. It will happen on the first Wednesday of the month. And I, the last one I did, I did it on a Zoom platform, and I think that's what it will be again. So the thing to do would be okay. to check on my website, kimmoriyama.com, K-I-M-M-O-R-I-Y-A-M-A.com, underneath the resources section. And there, there will be the latest information there as to how to mm -hmm. sign up for that. And people can sign up for a newsletter okay. to get up-to-date information. And cool. There you there it is. Is there anything else you feel like we should cover? Is there anything else you want to tell our audience or people that are sitting at home by themselves in the quarantine still trying to figure this all out? Hmm. I think I'd just like to come back to one in this moment just opening my heart right now and holding in mind the best for each and every one of us. It's really opening up to safety and strength, to courage, to acceptance and kindness and, and compassion. And that really inviting each and every one of us to tap into that which is at our core, that which is just below the surface of any inner disturbance, like waves on the ocean that appear to disturb the surface of the ocean when we stop and just be and notice what's deeper than the surface waves. That we can open ourselves to having that which supports us, that which supports us in connecting with our own inner knowing, our own clear reason, so that no matter what the circumstances are, we can discern where safety actually is. We can discern what is actually healthy and loving for ourselves, our bodies, and our loved ones. That we can open to solutions that maybe have never been seen before by us. We can open to the connectivity and awaken and discover that which we truly are and live responsibly, live aligned with the solution and live with and as nature's intelligence itself. And it all is accessible just by being and noticing what is. Allowing these body minds of ours to be love in action, to live freely from the inside out. Om. Om.
And that's why I love you, because you're love in action. <laughs> Thank you for this moment, sister. Yes. And I am just a mirror, <laughs> dear one. That's why there's so much love here. So to I be look, continued. To be continued, I look forward to when we can do this again. <laughs> and until next time. Om. Mm. Namaste, Namaste, sister. <laughs>